0: Jeremy, hello Raphael. Oh. Hello,
1: hello, oh.
2: You're in the Netherlands.
0: Yeah, in the in the city that one day will have a test on universal basic income. You were right about that. You said you thought it was already happening, but they they're, they're Utrecht. planning a Utrecht to yeah. to do a test. And how do you there say there was a it, test in, in Canada in the seventies? I think we have one here UBI. now.
2: We have a test going on right now here too in uh, Ontario. Yeah. Um, I have yeah. no
0: opinion on the matter. I think uh, it should be tested.
2: Well, Finland has the biggest test underway right now, and Finland has this new government that's they, <laughs> that's using. They, those like,
0: are the countries that are so miserable they have to pay you to be there.
2: Well, I think Finland. No one complains, do they? Isn't it? It's nice. cold. Yeah, and, uh, they do this. Iter- so they have this new iterative government model where they're doing like 200 tests a year. They want to be like the Google of government, and they're A-B gonna, testing. Like, they're, yeah, they're like, well, yeah, they're, and they're like iterating on the design of basic income. So they're like, this is the first version, but we're gonna do basic income tests for the next ten years or whatever. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah. kind of interesting. Oh, so, I
0: got an update on my UBI. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, well, you, yeah, you just get updates every day on your cloud government or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm in Utrecht.
0: Uh, I we launched my book. The book was already kind of available but we did an event at my gallery to celebrate the book and Mm -hmm. one of the writers of the book is a curator from the Stalick Museum and uh, she interviewed me and the interview was a lot about everything around my work so not the work itself but things like how I use Instagram and how I use do the podcast and she thought the uh, intro to the podcast where she said it was kind of spacey music and then we go hi jeremy hi Rafa." she <laughs> thought it sounded very american and kind of ironic and i was a bit surprised because <laughs> it's, it's, it's sincere <laughs> it's, it's like hi how are you doing it's a normal thing to say but yeah it's
2: like literally the most sincere thing we've we, we do and also the, the
0: the the tune that we have at the beginning of the podcast is i make music with a friend and we're sincerely trying to find good melodies and i sit down with the keyboard and sometimes i'll come up with and this was one of those melodies that we didn't use in a song but it, it uh, i was just finding melody i wasn't trying to make a cheesy tune or anything mm. so
2: but it is very funny because like um i every time i i i attempt a sincere gesture um like this is for a few years now i will perform a sincere gesture in private uh and then Later, I repackaged that as an ironic gesture <laughs> because of all yeah. of the, like, you know, because whatever I'm thinking I've decided instinctively is probably informed by all kinds of like contextual environments. Well, it's it's environmental a defense biases. mechanism.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's a defense mechanism because you don't want to be vulnerable. So then you, yeah, you're yeah, you like, totally oh, right. I'm not too serious about this.
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: But then I always reinsert vulnerability on top of that. Uh, and uh, anyway, that's just my—that's the way that's I do. Another with episode. It. Yeah, it's a whole other episode. But we, today we <laughs> wanted to get back to. to uh, well, I was like interested in the news this week because there was a whole bunch of. Uh, you know, back to tech. We we always waffle back and forth for topics here: art, tech, design, business. Kind of, and if we get too techy and businessy, Jeremy, and life like, hacks. Yeah, yeah, and you're always like, whoa, 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 Jeremy, enough with the tech and business. <laughs> Let's get the <laughs> artist voice back in here. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, like, yeah, and then I remind myself, oh yeah, I'm also supposed to be an artist. <laughs> yeah. uh, but this week there was a bunch of tech news, and it reminded me of you because a few weeks ago uh, you were talking about buying a stereo. And um and then some listeners also sent in sent in some amazing recommendations for yeah. how not uh. to spend too much money on your stereo system. By well, the way, there was
0: the whole cable myth, and I think that's a controversial topic. Where, uh, of course, people are selling something. So, and uh, yeah. all of a sudden, a salesperson says, "Well, this thirty thousand dollar cable sounds yeah. really good."
2: Yeah, and I told you that yeah. was bullshit, and I was right. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> But it's only about the length of the cable that matters, right? On a short, yeah, the shorter the cable length, as long as it's like shielded. Well, yeah.
0: And part of it is that a lot of the music I listened to was recorded probably with the cheapest cable. So then it's like serving a McDonald's dinner on a golden plate.
2: Well, it's very interesting to think about that the recording uh, quality in relationship to how you listen to it. Uh, It was funny, too, this week I recorded uh, an interview on someone else's podcast and i i was like scrambling around my office looking for a quiet space and then i f- and and then a, a space that wasn't echoey and then i ended up in a space and i was like oh this is perfect but then trains started going by <laughs> I mean, like every 10 minutes and they're well, like don't th- worry we'll just edit it out <laughs> this
0: this was another thing that came up on the on the conversation so we had a conversation in the gallery with about 100 people listening
1: mm-hmm.
0: in dutch and one of them was about artists usually being quiet about their process and just letting the work speak and the two of us deciding to to lift the veil and speak in a podcast. Mm. And I was saying, I'm surprised that there's not more art podcasts. And then I spoke to one of our listeners at an opening once and he said he tried some other art podcasts but the audio quality was so bad. (laughs) He was on a road trip with his wife and they tried to listen but when it's like a distant Skype connection on a shady... it with With a lot of compression, so maybe this is where audio quality becomes interesting there's just there's different goals like if you're listening to a voice, it would be nice if it was recorded on analog tape and uh compressed uh, with an old radio compressor but there's a certain level where it's fine
2: you mean like a vacuum but, tube kind of thing when you say radio compressed like like air it's just like compressed via <laughs> well like Some the,
0: of- the, like there's a certain kind of compression they used in analog radio which makes a voice sound really
2: warm oh
0: really uh, which would be great if we use that but we don't have that it's it's a hardware compressor but
2: Oh, is that why radio voices in the 1940s sound like, hey, I'm from the radio, hour," or whatever like that? (laughs) Well, there's
0: also that video of that homeless guy on the highway, and they pick him up, and he has the golden radio voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know that video? And that voice
2: does well in that compression.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But anyway, my point is with audio quality, if you're listening to classical music, you want a certain level of quality. If you're listening to a podcast, you want a certain level of quality. Mm Mm-hmm. There's different levels. Like a podcast doesn't have to be perfect, but at least you should be able... There should not be noise and the compression shouldn't make words difficult to understand.
2: Right. Like I just got... In from, I was driving in from up north. It's Thanksgiving in Canada, by the way. And yes, it is a month, over a month earlier than Thanksgiving in the United States, which is the Thanksgiving that the whole world must celebrate as well. <laughs> <laughs> but Thanksgiving Do you have different food in Canada? No, we have, is everything the same except that it gets colder sooner here. So we have Thanksgiving sooner because it's a harvest festival. Anyway, uh, I was listening to podcasts in the car on the way in and like my, I have an old car. So the speakers are all blown out. <laughs> and I'm like trying to fade them just right and it's it was but it was still very hard to even hear like a good quality podcast uh during this commute and it's quite frustrating i was like i was half thinking oh i'm just gonna put headphones on and drive which Ooh, apparently yeah bad idea, a bad idea. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you'll have like a, the noise canceling quiet comfort and yeah. <laughs> you're like driving oh it's so quiet today it's
2: nice but the reason I wanted to talk about it in terms of technology and uh, recent news was that Google this week announced a bunch of new products, and most of them were audio-based products. Yeah, and, this and is really Amazon
0: announced like 500 new speakers. Yeah, and Amazon,
2: yeah, Amazon came out with a whole new line of Alexa speakers. They now have like, yeah, exactly. There's like 10 of them. <laughs> uh, and Google came out with like a, a its Google Home product and a new like hi-fi speaker and a new like little mini speaker. And then they also came out with new phones, and they removed the headphone jack. And this is like yeah. you know, kind of a controversial thing um, to but, remove the headphone jack,
0: right? Yeah. So there's a lot of news around audio. What's really intriguing to me is that the 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 pitch to sell Retina screens on a on a phone, mm-hmm. people are immediately like, "I love this. I can read better. I need this. Give it to me." Yeah. But in the history of of audio, whenever there was an upsell of better quality audio in a car or uh, in a computer, that was a really hard thing to sell. Like, your laptop is gonna cost $500 more because of better sounds, or $500 more because of a retina screen.
2: Yeah, well, I don't know if you've noticed this, but like, they have been selling sound. S- they finished with screens like this is basically screen resolutions you don't hear them talking about the resolution anymore right no but i've noticed when i got my new macbook pro there's like they're they made a big deal about the speakers and the ipad pro they made stereo sound like they're talking about stereo sound like it's a new invention stereo sound. Yeah. <laughs> it's like literally well i,
0: I think there's a whole tra- trajectory from the beginning of recorded music which mm-hmm. was like a single mic in a room and the whole band would be positioned at different distances from the microphone so uh, yeah. And as time progressed up until, I guess, the 70s, that was maybe the peak of audio engineering and quality. And after that, it was all about convenience and speed and price and not about uh, perfection. Mm-hmm. That's that's my perception of audio quality. It seems to me the peak of audio quality is the Grateful Dead, who mm-hmm. would spend $100,000 per concert setting up uh amazing and and people would travel with them to enjoy the music that's yeah to me that seems the pinnacle but maybe there's DJs now that have the most amazing sound systems. And,
2: but there's this point, I guess, when the iPod is introduced, where people are like, it. And the MP3 gets repackaged as the premier audio format, right? Where people are so like, it's always convenience, convenience versus quality. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. And for ten years, we were like, it's shittier quality, but the convenience is like worth it. Like having a million songs in my pocket is yeah. worth. Same this.
0: with the mo- mobile photography. It's like right. it's not as good as film, but. Right. It's always with me,
2: yeah. So they maxed out everything else, and they're like, oh, yeah, what about that audio thing? Let's get back to that. And then, <laughs> so it, this year, I think especially, there's just been so much work uh, around audio, but it's been really interesting, I think, in these last few product releases is that audio as an open standard has started to collapse. And so, like, there are these new... And, and
0: audio, but there's also audio as a interaction interface.
2: Yes. Yeah, and we can we so should the, talk about those, both. those
0: those two actually. go hand in hand. Like the yeah. the dissolving of the interface of the open standard has to do with it becoming an interface to interact with the computer.
2: Right. And I was just yeah. So I I mean the first thing I want to just discuss is like the removal of the standard compo- this audio being the oldest technology standard outside of what electricity and it is actually just like electricity. Well, right? in the
0: in the beginning of of record players uh the record player would be tied to a music label by the person who the company that made the record player. So Philips had a bunch of artists, and mm-hmm. Sony had a bunch of artists. And it, it, Sony wasn't around, but fi- on a Philips record player in the beginning, you could only play Philips records. Yeah, and the, it it became standardized later. But in the beginning, the the yeah. record companies were the same as the technology company.
2: Okay, so that's one component. That's the playback. But then. On the back of every record player, there was like a little. There were little like uh, connectors for. But those audio weren't cable. open
0: in the beginning either. They, they, they were. were, and even if you have something like Bang & Olufsen, they have different plugs than others, and there are converters. But it's pretty. It it's not as beautiful as you make it sound. Like mm. oh, everything interoperated from the beginning, right. and it's being destroyed now.
2: Okay, well let, here's the here's the audio landscape though that I grew up with, because I yeah. have like a closet. No, full of... No, I agree of, with you there. Yeah, I have yeah, a closet yeah, yeah. full of like of like mini plug to RCA kind of audio adapters. But that's kind of, that was the spectrum of, I just needed to always just quarter inch mini plug or RCA. Like those three, I was converting between those. and And I always had an adapter at the ready and I could get audio from one thing into another. And it was always really easy. And I could plug headphones into any old thing. But now you have devices where... Uh, They don't have audio output by any other means than a software um, to like a, a proprietary sort of software standard. Like with the Apple iPhone, it would be like this W1 chip to their AirPod headphones. And yes, you can like plug in a dongle to hook up regular headphones, which is effectively an adapter but that is a proprietary kind of thing. And then yeah, so apparently the I, so quality So now it's sucks. almost
0: like if, if you play Nintendo, you need Nintendo headphones. Yeah. If you're watching a Blu-ray, you need Blu-ray headphones. And if you're yeah. watching Netflix on your iPad, you need the AirPods.
2: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, and this is the thing. So Google also came out with a phone without an adapter and they're like, well, we, it's not, we don't have AirPods, but we have these other things. Actually, I can't remember what they're calling theirs. <laughs> Google um, pods. And they're yeah. definitely like Scandinavian design. Did you see they had the woman up on stage? Because they can translate in real time. Like you can talk to a person and yeah, they'll translate yeah. from any language, but they're like translating Finnish on stage. But if you look at the design language that they're using, it's like a Scandinavian design language. It's like these little color accents with It's like a bit like soft teenage fabric. The,
0: the company, yeah. the Teenage Engineering is a Swedish, it's like a hipster technology company, and they made this little synth, the OP1. That's yeah. the one I used to make our intro tune. Because um, it's, it's the only synth that I know of that's compact and that you can record on immediately. So it's like well, a so sketchbook
2: like- for melodies. It's a beautiful object. I mean, and they made it out of like Airbus parts.
0: Yeah, yeah. But apart from that, I was really looking for any synth. I was yeah. just like, which synth can you record on immediately? That you don't need a separate tape deck or a hard yeah. disk or whatever. You just sit down on the couch and just play and record for 10 minutes and then... Take out whatever you think is valuable. And so. What's
2: interesting, but it's a bit of a sidetrack. Is in Europe though the Eurotrack system for synthesizers? Synthesizers weren't always compatible, and then Eurotrack came out with this like patch cord system, right? Or like a compatible system for plugging. And now we're going to definitely get the synth nerds on our backs. Yeah. But like uh, synthesizers, <laughs> I think this I, is
0: going to be a cringe-worthy episode. We're going to mix up no, no stuff.
2: Okay, I can definitely. It's true. I don't. We're off. <laughs> We're on audio standards, now we're on... Well, one of the audio standards, though, in the creation of music was the modular synthesizer. And I don't think anyone... I mean, both... I'm pretty confident in this. And the way modular synthesizers connected were, was with patch cords. And that goes all the way back to the history of telephone audio. Like, you would literally patch in, you know... it was from all one,
0: electric current, and then it, yeah. it, the only thing you had to change was the size of the plug. So that was an yeah. easy thing to change. But as I understand and it... it I think yeah. the whole problem now is that the open standards developed too slowly, and so Bluetooth just sucked for so many times, and at some point, the companies were like, well, we got to take some action, because yeah, and this is we want to was... go wireless. <laughs>
2: Th- thank you. So, I've done a terrible job of introducing this topic, because I was thinking of you talking about your stereo a few weeks ago, and it, and it all coming down to the length of the cable and the expense of the cable, and then... All the news like in the last few weeks has been like, get rid of the cables or all year really. It's like, no more cables. Don't like audio shouldn't be tied. you should be tied down by cable. It's like such a you know, you always talk about the friction uh, and the and, and our laziness and our laziness and inconvenience now seems to be tethered to these handcuffs we call cables. And if only we lived in well, a wireless I, future. Yeah,
0: I I will say this. Once you're used to wireless, it's really weird to go back. So it I've had the AirPods for a while and then Every episode that we record on, I do with wired headphones. Mm -hmm. It's just more reliable. But then untangling headphones seems really strange.
2: So it's a little bit like um, the transition from Ethernet. Like I would never plug an Ethernet cable into my laptop unless I needed that pure Internet connection most (laughs) of the time. (laughs)
0: When you want to download the the whole Star Wars library in 10 seconds.
2: Yeah, exactly. When I need that fiber optic speed. But otherwise, Wi-Fi is good enough kind of thing, right? But audio yeah, has that, been that's like... that's the
0: thing. That's the constant. But it, I will say this. like, There's a lot of complaining about the good old days and things sounded better. But as soon as things get more convenient, you can also get more adventurous with your music listening. So mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I'm going to try this. Oh, I'm going to try some African music. I've never listened to that. Let's try it. Where back in the old days, it would mean mm-hmm. buying something. Yeah. And now it's like you have an unlimited subscription or you just download stuff or you're browsing YouTube for free. Yeah. And you're like, oh, there's a remix of this song. I don't know that person. There's a documentary on that person. And it's really th- that idea of surfing the web of just like thing after thing after thing and associating. And uh, even though the audio quality is terrible on YouTube, it's okay. very adventurous.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I do. I agree with you. But is the, if we were to come back to the physicality of this thing, is it the wire that makes prevents us from having that experience? And, and I think I, my theory on the removal of the wire is is twofold one is economic because then I can have a standard that's closed and then I can charge people more to get locked into my device ecosystem. The second I believe is that everyone is using audio right now as the f- sort of first proof of concept for augmented uh, reality or cybernetic kind of <laughs> systems for interfaces for people right so if I have you when you saw that Google, uh, presentation and they're doing the translation demo, which I'll put in the show notes, you can't help but think like, oh, there's like vi- by going through this, like they're pretending it's about music. But really, what they really want to do is this kind of live translation, because then what they really want to do is listen to everything you're saying, because what they really want to do is have all this awareness about context and what you're interested in. And that's as close as we can get without thought, you know, reading thoughts. Right. Right is just recording and mm. listening to everything you said. you got say. a point
0: there. I, I will admit you have a point. <laughs> so right? you're saying if, if audio is our main interface for interacting with our computer... Uh, they can listen in to our thoughts.
2: Yeah. Well, so everyone was really uh, and 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 of course this comes up from journalists all the time. And everyone was super nervous about uh, Amazon Alexa when it first came out. And that's Amazon's smart speaker because it was found that you know, it was always recording, right? And then they're like, no, 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 but like we don't we don't actually send it up to the cloud. But then people are like, well, I, like I you know I'm sure you talk And, and smart to people TVs. On were doing like, that yeah, too. Yeah, we actually do send it up to the cloud. You, you yeah. heard
0: about smart TVs listening in even Samsung without people TVs. knowing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and different ones and they would use it to find out what you're watching and then they could sell that data to market marketing companies.
2: Yeah. I mean, it reminds me because I had, <laughs> I had this idea with some friends for a startup a few years ago. And our idea was to eventually, you know, become a big data company. And we, we, but we you were like, but how are we going to get the data? And we're like, well, we'll come up with like a really pedestrian kind of service that everyone uses so that it, it's always listening. And then we'll gather the data. <laughs> <that way." laughs> and of course, everyone will just click, okay, like, it, it sounds like I was very evil. But we were like, no, but we're going to sell this, we're going to give this gov- this money, this um, data to, to governments, and it's going to make the same city is a better place. Anyway, I could just see a Google person like talking through like, we just need to get these conversations into the deep <laughs> learning, machine learning system. And then if we have that, we can just serve our customers better. Um, yeah. And so yeah, my feeling is that that's kind of... Um, it's funny
0: that even play. on this topic, I'm really concerned with music quality, because I want to enjoy music. And you're concerned <laughs> with privacy and companies uh, eating fr- from us and
2: uh... well i'm not so let me put it up uh, my bias out there that i'm actually not that concerned with privacy but i do know that what they're doing what they want to do is not give you like a better rolling stones experience <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what they want to do is be in your ear the same way you and i are in our you know podcast listeners ear because that's a very influential place to be besides reading someone's thoughts there's nowhere yeah. closer I, I was
0: i remember being at dld in, in germany in munich and eric schmidt the ceo of google at the time was presenting uh, new features and talking about google and he kept saying uh with your permission like we can do all these in a, and, and as a mm-hmm. footnote he kept saying with your permission with your permission <laughs> and the other thing he, he said your kids are either online or asleep yeah and he kept yeah. saying it, like like the new generation, they're either online That's or asleep. But it seems <laughs> like the next frontier is to enter your dreams because they're like, wait, <laughs> there's these eight hours a day that we know nothing about, and it, it's well, going to be so valuable. And it's we we don't want the the ego to control the super ego we want to have access to the whole human being and we don't want all these this rationale we want the free association of dreaming and then we can really market
2: something <laughs> that's why i'm always joking like there's all these sleep products and at first i was really into it like i had a <laughs> fitbit and i would like monitor my sleep cycles it was driving me crazy i was getting super stressed uh, out about sinking my sleep i was like why, who am i doing this for why am i thinking my <laughs> sleep schedule Anyway, um, yeah, I have I the same really thing
0: where I'm. I'm not too concerned about privacy, <laughs> but then there's this company Twenty Three and Me. Oh yeah, where you you spit in a vial and send it to them, and they figure out your heritage. So they'll they look at your DNA and say like, okay, you <laughs> You could part just ask Canadian. your parents, but
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, but they can go back many generations, no, I know, and, no, no. and then you can they can see if you're uh, predisposed to have high cholesterol or uh, amnesia or whatever, and you can prevent that, and but. The idea that there's a database with people's ethnicities just has a weird aftertaste if you look at the 20th century. So yeah. that's kind of where I saw, like, uh, I'm curious, but not that curious. It's okay.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, back to the just these Google headphones, but then also Apple's AirPods. Do you have Apple's AirPods? Yeah, not in you my did. ears right now, but I, I like You own more. a pair. So yeah. here's my question, because both on Google's product... And by the way, there are a bunch of other products that were, like, kickstarted before these products became, like, you know, the the, the ones everyone wants. There was, like, well everyone Friday Dash. Well, everyone
0: yeah. was trying to do true wireless earbuds on Bluetooth, and Bluetooth is too unreliable. So yeah. I think Apple... Pers- yeah, yeah, they did. They, really put, they
2: invented this W1 chip as a complement to Bluetooth 5. I don't guys. think...
0: Yeah, I don't think they initially thought a closed um, uh, standard is is a goal, but Mm -hmm. they just thought, well, we've been waiting for Bluetooth for 15 years, and it's just not working.
2: I mean, I remember when Bluetooth was first hyped up, and... It was like it was going to change the world. And they've already gone through five, four versions of Bluetooth or five versions. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, now it's five. I think they're releasing. Yeah. Right. And it still like has a hard time connecting to a little speaker on your desk. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you have yeah. to disconnect your other yeah, devices yeah. and then connect this one. I, I, anyway, regardless. So there's a real um, problem. It's not yeah. just uh,
0: the, the companies were not like, uh, oh, there's a great open standard. Let's fuck it up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they yeah. So the open standard failed, which is which happens from time to time. But what I wanted to state was, I, if it was all about just music and audio, then it it's not just about that aspect of Bluetooth. And, and the and here's my rationale for why not, which is on both the Apple AirPods and on Google's headphones, there is no way to skip a track left or right, like forward or back. There
0: is, there is. How in the iOS update? So um, on AirPods. Uh, there's only one way to, to, to interact, and that's a double tap. So, yeah. But in iOS 11, you can set preferences on the left oh. ear pod and the right ear pod, and you can either say skip forward or skip backward if I double tap.
2: Okay, so my so, theory so you, was... Because- you
0: could set your right ear to skip forward and the other one to skip back with that's a
2: that's a worthwhile improvement because my theory was and maybe now it's been debunked but maybe it's just that customers are like what the hell was that they didn't even they weren't really thinking about it was not like it was an itunes augmentation device or an apple music augmentation device right it is that they have all these other ideas that they haven't yet implemented which is the siri like they privilege the siri assistant and on google they privilege um okay google or google's assistant Um, And I assume if Amazon had a pair of headphones, they would privilege Alexa. So like the first, there's always a button. And on devices now, more and more like Samsung's new Galaxy phones, there's like a big speed. Like there's a dedicated button for an assistant. Assistant's always on call, ready to talk to you. I will Um, say
0: this. I will say this. It it sounds to me like the the audio communicator and like we're all working towards Space Odyssey, the the hell. Like Star Trek kind of thing? Oh Yeah, Yeah, where you just speak to the computer. Mm Mm-hmm it might work but it also sounds a bit like vr where like it's going to be great just wait and it's going to be great just wait it's going <laughs> next year is going to be really great no it, we made it we made the pronunciation better but still yeah. if you're like hey can you send this text message and it gets it wrong and
2: yeah yeah it is pretty i'm uh, a year remember a year ago we did a vr episode and uh, we kind of said, yeah, it'll probably be over by this time. And <laughs> <laughs> it's actually like pretty much fizzling out. Wah, wah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, but but <laughs> in,
0: uh, the other thing I will say, in, in some songs or sometimes I really notice the wireless compression. So when wireless signal gets sent from one device to another... Even Mm -hmm. if you're, it it has to be kind of compressed. So a lot of speakers like Sonos and uh, Alexa stream the music from the device itself. And when you're with your phone using the app, you're just sending a link and then say, play this song. You're not actually streaming the song. And when you use things like AirPlay, to send the audio file uncompressed uh, is a huge file. And to send that on the fly constantly for an hour, there's going to be hiccups. Mm-hmm. So that's why they like to play it locally from the file, preload the file and so when I play music from my phone to the AirPods on some songs you kind of hear some compression more than if you have wired headphones. Interesting. So so there's there's a, a loss of quality there, but then the the convenience uh I wake up 2 hours earlier than my wife usually and I'll I'll put on a podcast or some music and I walk around and the, the thought that I'm not tethered uh, or even having to have my phone mm-hmm. in my pocket and I just walk around to have a podcast play. Mm-hmm. It's worth it, it. In that case, it's worth the convenience, the loss of quality.
2: Okay. So I want to like take this to b- back to art for a second, which is like, okay. So all of that said, if that's where we're going and it's, you know, towards these proprietary systems and maybe they work out to a standard. Um, it's funny in the history of audio and art because well, first of all, what you just described is non-synchronous audio, right? You just you described a like a packet-based kind of exchange, and it's the audio doesn't come over a line in sequence in real time. It buffers, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 to do that, they have to compress, you know, the, the audio and have redundancies and latencies and blah blah blah. And that's why like synchronous audio is a hard thing again. Like I don't know if you've tried to use. Uh, you know any of these systems with a movie, like play a movie and then use AirPlay. No, the audio is like no, it's always why, like terribly. That's why my
0: home system is on cables. It, 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 I I have a I just have a the headphone jack on my laptop goes to my I don't have a DAC. It, sorry guys. So the headphone jack from my laptop runs across the room to the stereo. But at least mm-hmm. it's in sync. If it, it, that's what I thought, I read all the reviews on any wireless interface, and AirPlay is buggy, and Bluetooth mm-hmm. is buggy, and I was just you forget. Know, yeah, what it. I
2: find interesting about that though is that this very same problem existed in cinema up until um, video, actually, uh, which was like non-synchronous sound and video. You had to record the sound separately from the from the film. Uh, And then it was like a breakthrough to have like the audio on the film itself, right? As an optical audio track. And then they, because otherwise it had to be synchronized manually. That's why you have those big, you know, the clapping kind of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like action kind of uh, things, right? That was to synchronize the audio to the image. But we're back in a world where the audio is like this free form, (laughs) non-synchronous kind of thing. And it's just so funny that that's so hard to do. I, Um,
0: I don't really watch movies at home. Anymore, mm-hmm. so the, uh, it's not a problem. It, what I'm really concerned with is uh, amazing, like f- very full sound and powerful sound. Well, and, yeah, and and um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that when you get into the world of audiophiles, they want to have the authentic recorded experience. That's uh, they want to be true to the recording. They want they want the stereo to feel as if the artist is in the room. Mm. What I never hear audiophiles talk about is that they like to go to the opera where you or or to a symphony where you can hear music from a human voice directly to your ears without any expensive cables whatsoever. But just like the the purest form of enjoying music would be to go to a choir. There's no instrument builders, Mm -hmm. there's the architecture and the voices and you. So right. That's if, if you're an audiophile, I don't even know how you would be interested in recorded music. I, I would think that live music would be way more...
2: Well, because, you know, I mean, the architecture has to be uh, designed in a specific way. Like I went well, to... Well, Wagner
0: was, uh, for example, Wagner would, would develop architecture for his music. That's how far you can go with audio quality.
2: Right. Well, it's funny because I, I yeah, I went to a performance this uh, week at a gallery and it was like Peaches uh, was performing. Peaches is like this like um, electro punk kind of artist from... The, I mean, she's still around, but she was doing stuff in the mid-aughts and she's been around a long time. She's an amazing performer, very raunchy lyrics, but she was performing in this like... In our in at the AGO, the Ontario Art Gallery, it's all marble, like this like <laughs> atrium that she was performing in. And so you could barely hear what she was saying. You know, she's trying to interact yeah. with the audience. It's but just it, bouncing the, around the sound. The audio was bouncing everywhere. It was worse than listening to a recording by far. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so yeah, you I would assume, yes, the best thing to do is get it in person, but when you music is no longer all analog instruments, right? She was actually she had like a little DJ deck behind her and she's talking through a PA system. Um, And so, and then the architecture intervenes. So there are all these compromises built in uh, to that. But it does remind me of, um, you know, I wanted us to get to this sort of artists working with audio and, you know, the choices that they make. And one artist that comes to mind that, you know, really does try to do what you're describing, which is like having... The, performer, the feeling of having performers surround you, right? And that spatial audio uh, is Janet Cardiff, and she has this piece called like 40-Part uh, Motet. Is it 40-Part? Is it 40-Part 40, 40 Motet? Um, where it's like choir singers all around you in a circuit. Yeah, yeah, it's 40-Part I, Motet. I, I, never
0: really, I never really understand artists who try to bring the musical experience into the gallery when... You can go to a, a symphony building for the musical experience.
2: Well, this is the thing, though, and this is why this piece brings people to tears, and I think I've brought it up on the podcast before, is because it's very hard to be, have 40 people around you in a circle, you know, singing the same song on a loop, right? The technology makes it possible for something that would otherwise not be available to everyone or Mm. to as many people like, and I can't create that setup in my home so that in your home, you can have 5.1 channels of sound. And is there anything you were just in a hi-fi store? Can you go beyond that now? Like, can you go beyond five channels plus the subwoofer? I
0: don't know. In, in the 70s, it was quadraphonic sound. I think Led Zeppelin made a quadraphonic album, and there would be a helicopter flying through the room, and it feels like it's flying around That's you four channels, like, right? That's four channels. And somehow people settled on stereo, like we have two ears, and then stereo makes sense.
2: But surround sound audio, like Dolby 5.1, which is the standard... That's for movies. That's not for music. So there's nothing like that for music?
0: That's ridiculous. The music, as far as I know, I mean, there's different. There's also generative music, but in general, mm-hmm. music adheres to a standard of like recordings that you can play through a certain player, and it's all on stereo. It there there was a, a producer Phil Spector who created a lot of uh, pop songs in the '50s, '60s, and he was mm-hmm. a big proponent of mono. So everything was mono before then. The radio was mono. Uh, the, the early Beatles was mono, and he really complained about stereo. He's like, no, no, that's going to be the end of music. Same when when widescreen came along, cinema used to be four three, mm-hmm. and then it became sixteen nine, and all the directors were like, no, that's blasphemy. True cinema is four by three. Oh, okay, Interesting. so a lot of music producers were like, oh, and then they re-released things like the Beatles on mono because that's the way it was mixed and that's the way you're supposed to hear it.
2: So that, I did a studio visit recently with uh, Rafael Lorenzo Hammer. Are you familiar with uh, yeah. with his work? He has this. This this series called Sphere Packing, and he takes like all of the compositions of like Wagner, Mozart, or whomever, and he creates an individual channel for each recording, and then puts all of those channels on a sphere, and then you can like. That reminds me of an episode of Star Trek. Oh, really? And And, Data
0: Data is in his room, and he's painting, and he's listening to seventeen compositions, classical (laughs) composition, at the same time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like bees buzzing. It's actually quite amazing, but then you can like get close to one and then further away. And he's working mm. on a room-sized version of this. I can't remember. I think it might be, uh, who is it? It's not Mozart. It's whoever created the most number of compositions. And it's can you imagine be like...
0: what that guy would do if you gave him an unlimited budget? <laughs> <laughs> he's always working with constraints. Imagine if he had an unlimited budget.
2: Well, he has like, a pretty large budget. Yeah, I mean, his studio is like two stories. It's in Montreal. He has like...
0: Yeah, I I just, compared to my way of working and maybe even yours, like if if people gave you 10 million, you would start a school, but you wouldn't make bigger works.
2: That's true. Yeah, he is interested in making uh, crazy, enormous works. Anyways, creating this like room-like structure with, I guess, thousands or hundreds of channels and you'll be able to walk in and and sort of experience all of the symphonies all at once. Um, <laughs> because you can. <laughs> because you can. It's, it's the
0: Jurassic Park line. It's like, uh, we always ask if we if we could, but not if we should. I don't remember the line. Do you, you know what I mean?
2: No, no, no. I know. I, yeah. yeah. I, but it strikes me that uh, the only other experience I've had close to that was actually when I was teaching at NYU, we created like a holodeck kind of thing, um, which back was we had start, a motion, Yeah, we had a motion capture room. Uh, you know, to which we, atta- you know, uh, kind of hooked up a computer and different students did either VR, AR uh, kind of interventions in this space. But what was really interesting is the room, knowing where you were spatially, allowed us to do really interesting things with both uh, video and audio. And this one student created, I think, like the best possible thing in the space, which was he gave, he he created individual instruments, which were like from a 50 or 100 um you know, track song. Like he had a very complicated song and he broke it up into the individual instruments, like trumpet, drums, da-da-da. And then he put each of those things into the room as a trackable object. And so you could like pick up the drums and like Mm. move it around your head and you would like, it it was like it was a real object in space or the trumpet could be thrown across the room.
0: I think with all the examples you mentioned, Mm -hmm. it sounds like we came from, maybe the peak of audio quality is the symphony, when you have an orchestra of 200 very skilled people playing together, yeah. and, and recording that and then outputting it into two music sources is kind of ridiculous because you have a room with 200 audio sources. You have a violin and a number of them, and you have a bunch of trumpets, and you have a choir. So there's many, many different objects producing many kinds of sounds and different materials, and then to reduce that to a few trembling objects in a, in a wooden box... It's a it's a great reduction.
2: Yeah, but So uh, if- I
0: think I think with all the art examples you're talking about are going back to that multi 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 source mm-hmm. grand experience.
2: Yeah. And I guess um, one of the pieces that might bridge that gap that I find, it's not actually by an artist. Well, it's by an artist, but by, 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 by a musician. Um, did you ever see Beck and Chris Milk's um, 360 degree sound and vision? I can never
0: think about Beck without thinking about Scientology. But <laughs> <laughs> go Is ahead. he a Scientologist? I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: uh, and We've talked about Chris Milk on the podcast before because of some other VR work. Do you that, think he that, got teased about his name in school? Beck or Chris Milk? Chris Milk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I do know that... Uh, What's this up, partic- Milky? Well, this is the... F- when I saw this piece, which I'll put in the show notes, um, it was on the internet. It was the first time I'd ever experienced binaural audio through headphones. And for our listeners who don't know, binaural audio, if you've ever seen the recording device, it's absolutely absurd. It's like a head with, like, fake ears. <laughs> and inside the ears, they put the microphones to simulate what it would like the sound actually how the sound would, travels to your ear canal to your ear yeah because or your ear canal is different from a microphone right um and it results in like you know apparently well the the, the mics we're using on this podcast right now are ear shaped you have the left ear and i have the right ear
1: <laughs>
2: yeah that's right yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would be cool actually i wonder if we could i could mix that. it that way yeah that would be really cool. Anyway, this, in this performance is quite ridiculous because it really tries, it takes that artifice that we've been talking about. And I think that's what we're talking about, right? How much artifice exists between the recording and the listening, right? And in this case, the artifice is dialed up to 10 because Beck is on a rotating 360 degree platform that's recording by neural audio. And you can move around the 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 performance venue in virtual, you know, quote unquote virtual reality within this interactive experience online. So that you're like, you're moving, he's moving. It's like the sound is like <laughs> swirling around you. It reminds me of my student at NYU too. But like at the end of the day, it ends up being about about the, the technology more than it is about the actual song. Like it ends up being like, you get so caught up in like, it's like, I'm actually listening to the thing that you don't listen to the thing itself. And, uh, and I, I know we've come a I think a that, bit that sounds like though.
0: the story of many media artists where they're like, no, I want to talk about the art. And everybody's like, wow, this is really cool tech.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it, just to take us all the way back to Google and Apple's AirPods and it's like, you know, your freedom to walk around your space, right? Like, so you said like, wow, Christina's like asleep and I, I just want to walk around and listen on, on my headphones. And yeah, do the dishes. And do the, the dishes. Wood. Yeah, but how much of that is about, you know, Listening and how, or how much of it is about, like, the technology allowing you to do that? Well, it's, and,
0: it's the same thing that I mentioned where you're like, oh, I have a 1,000 songs in my pocket. Oh, I have mm-hmm. 40,000 songs on my watch. And it really changes your listening behavior because all of a sudden, I used to be very strict because my budget was limited when I was a teenager. I, I could buy about one CD per month. That's right. what, what my budget was. So you think a long time before you buy a CD. It's like, oh... And now it's like, oh, I'll try this, I'll try that, I'll try this. And you really get to other places that you wouldn't mm-hmm. have otherwise.
2: But it, re- it reminds me that like Janet so Cardiff... So convenience
0: was, convenience uh, is not just uh, laziness. It's also, it, it offers opportunities.
2: Yeah, and I was just going to say, like I was going to lead into another artwork that Janet Cardiff created, which is, she creates these like art walks, which allow you to... Kind of, she scripts a walk where you. I don't know if you've ever experienced one of these where you put headphones in, and she kind of like talks about the place that you're walking on uh, through, and this changes your perception of the space that you're in. And uh, I just wondered whether some of these devices, and specifically, I was thinking around Google being able to, you know, offer real time translation, might start to change the way. Uh, we interact with the spaces we're in. So, you know, home stereos have often been about just the living room and like get that perfect holodeck in your living room. But, the you know, the potentially what's happening now is you're getting these devices in your ears that are untethered and that might might actually start to shift your perception. And this is where I wanted to go at the beginning of the podcast, which is like before we get to, you know, people are all hyped up about augmented reality right now and augmented reality on the phone. But really augmented reality that's going to hit in that's going to actually make a difference to your life probably in the next five years is probably going to be auditory. Uh, so it's probably going to be, and Braggy tried to do this with the braggy Dash, like, increase, you know, we've had hearing aids for a long time, but not everyone has hearing aids, and sometimes you want to hear something across the room, or but um,
0: what, what are some of the use cases where you're excited about the possibilities?
2: Okay, let's take a commercial break, and I'll exactly. come back <laughs> with the, the use cases.
0: Let's talk about something exciting, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Okay. here we go. Are content deserts real? This is so absurd. What would a moment without content even look like?
2: What if all devices were rendered null? What if we each instantly had 100 million views? What if this AR field before us was just a littering of non-functional info, graphics, broken UX wireframes, and lost logos?
0: Actually, Content Desert is a monograph from graphic artist Mark Price, published by 20XX, circa
2: 2017. (laughs) That's a lot of 20s. And it's almost 500 pages. So many fonts but also a dizzying array of legacy devices, glitch art, and 3D renderings of austere product mock-ups. Content Desert is an anti-graphic novel on Sojourn for, oh, wait, yes, on Sojourn for meeting. Wow, this guy is a great copywriter. (laughs) (laughs) I would look at this three times and put it on my bookshelf. Uh, but Content Desert resonates with so much post-internet mumbo-jumbo. It's a dystopic workbook and reference manual to complement our platform-scraping pastimes.
0: Content Desert is just an object produced to photograph and post it on all your social media feeds.
2: Perhaps. Even even still, it's available now from TWXX.us. TWXX.us? That's right. Just go to 20 xx which i would say is 2020 <laughs> my <laughs> translation dot us that's 20 xx dot us all right thank all you right. mark price for your ad yeah awesome mark thanks for sending in an ad and we'll put uh, it in the show out, notes check it out um, yeah and it'll be the, a link will be in the show notes but you can, of course just visit so we Miro. had a
0: cliffhanger I, I asked you a question what are you excited about in the terms of audio interface
2: right okay So what am I excited about is also in relationship with uh, what I think people are going to try and do. But imagine, if you will, so one of the one of the things that we all want. (laughs) Imagine in a world. Yeah, it's going to be problematic. Let me start there. Um, So some of the things that people want to do with classes that no one will accept is they want to be recording everything you see all the time. Right. And they also want to be able to show you contextual information. This is like kind of the augmented reality fantasy. Uh, they want to be able to give you information, like real-time information about what you're looking at. So you might, you know, see a friend on the street and you can't remember the name of that person. They want to be able to tell you who that is. Uh, they want, you know, so they, and in, in this is, I'm talking about the glasses vision of augmented yeah, reality. Or, or, it's or you
0: can, you can walk around and look at tourists in Mexico and see their net worth and see who you kidnap.
2: Yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or you're hungry and you just want fast food. So that's all possible. You know, but you know
0: it, what? One problem. I'm, yeah. I like veering off, but this this uh, when you start standardizing things and make apps for food, mm-hmm. then the big companies have the budget to make those kind of apps. So Starbucks has an app, and you can pre-order your Mocha Frimo, and walk in and take it. And it just emphasizes more processed food because that fits the pipeline. And
2: yeah. Okay, so like imagine a world, and by the way, this is not a world I'm promoting. So a world <laughs> in which you're walking down the street, and it's and your assistant, you have a, you have you have a great assistant with you, and they're like, well, it's like the movie
0: Her. That's the goal, right?
2: Yeah. Would you like? Yeah, exactly. Would you like me to? And if our friends haven't seen Spike Jones as Her, it is really what I'm talking about. <laughs> would you like uh, us to let you know when you're you know when you're near a coffee shop, uh, and we know that, it, and in, in the morning, or would you like us to play your favorite music when you're feeling down? Or would you like um, would you like to know that who you're talking to when you're talking to them and and like you said would you like to know how much they make or would you like to be reminded <laughs> this to person send them worth a my follow-up? time yeah well then the other thing that starts to happen is like and would you like us to send them an email for you automatically after you see them saying it was so great to see you right and so basically though the future is these and that's why I was asking about the skipping music because the play seems to be to actually just get an assistant but it, in your it ear. Is,
0: it is interesting when you think about that sometimes we don't learn lessons from history and, mm-hmm. and sometimes history was wrong. And some, So there's been 3D television and 3D movies in many instances, I think even since the 30s. It's like stereo film has mm-hmm. a long history and it turns out to tell a story, stereo doesn't add that much. Right. Certain movies, but in general, that's why 3D TV at the home just didn't work out. Like Even seeing football or basketball in 3D, it doesn't add so much. And with VR the same, we're going to do it, and every 15 years we're excited again. Video calling was an example where it never worked, and all of a sudden it did work. It was convenient enough. But mm-hmm. it, it, it has existed since the history of TV. There was the idea of video television, and they actually, it was possible for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And for some reason it caught on, and it works great now. Um, and so my point, yeah. audio. Could no, but my, my point is with audio advertising, there's so much advertising on the street, and in right. Tokyo, there's a lot of people on microphones yelling things, saying <laughs> "good deal on this thing." And I find it very funny because I don't understand what they're saying. So it's more to me, it's just funny audio. It's like a cartoon character talking. It's, it being in Japan and not understanding anything makes everything kind of feel very right. funny and entertaining. But I think if it was in English and I was walking around and like good deal on bread this day, uh, with two yeah. loaves for the price of one, which kind of old uh, open-air markets in the Netherlands are like that. They're, they're like, uh, two things for a dollar, come here, come here. Uh, I'm saying cities are very overwhelming. If you add audio advertising to that, it would be insane.
2: But I think that what you just said kind of reinforces that would happen anyway, right? Like when those voices go away, when our cities are kind of you know, cleansed and depleted just <laughs> become these austere interfaces, you're going to need... You, everyone wants to know that secret place. So you'd be walking past a discreet um, bar that you haven't heard about and Foursquare will pop up in your ear and say like, hey, there's a really cool bar. I think but, you'd like but the 10 would of you, your friends would, have gone to. Uh, uh, uh,
0: they're yeah, already I, doing
2: that via your phone, but they'll just do it via your ear. I, well, I mean, I just think to monetize it, it's all going to be... I, I think
0: based, this so like, this always-on suggestions... It's something that, that the companies like, but I don't know anyone who actually enjoys having this, this – this, uh, y- you already have too many notifications on your lock screen. Do you really need – like y- you walk around the city for 20 minutes, you haven't looked at your phone, and it suggested 12 restaurants.
2: Well, I know, but you're always saying, so you've said, you know, on a few occasions, virtual reality is dead during this podcast, but virtual reality has been alive through headphones for, you know, almost a hundred years, which is to say like, I don't think headphones have been around that long, but as long as people have been wearing headphones, they've had a form of virtual reality, which is like, I'm at a concert, but I'm walking down the street. And all I'm saying is that like... That's more
0: augmented reality, I guess. uh,
2: In a way, I'm saying that these headphones are a natural evolution of that, which is like, I'm going to listen to the concert and, or I'm also going to have the the environment start to speak to me through these devices.
0: Let me me put it this way. The moment I got the AirPods, there was a setting, double tap on the headphones. Do you want it to pause the music or do you want it to activate Siri? You had two choices. Yeah, and I'm a music listener, so for me it's pause and play on the music. Maybe for other people, it's Siri, but I don't. And and uh, when Siri was activated on the Mac, I immediately turned it off. I I mm-hmm. don't want that icon on my
2: menu bar. So <laughs> That's such a hard barrier for you to get I, to use. I, I I don't know. I I tried it many times, and it's just shitty. Well, here's the thing, though, with like, and maybe we'll talk about um, virtual assistants in a future episode, but like. The question is, you know, are these things actually popular? Because people always say, like, Alexa is just, like, so popular. But as far as I know, they've only sold a few hundred thousand units in total, even though they have, like, a hundred product SKUs. I did and see mu- the,
0: the Alexa at my in-laws, and they're not so tech-savvy in the fact that they have it kind of meant to me, like, oh, I guess a lot of people... But they don't know what to use it for. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I was they, reading an article... Yeah, I was reading an The only thing they
0: use it for is playing music.
2: Right, Yeah, well, that brings us full circle. And I was reading an article this weekend about how they're designing these as conversational interfaces. And designers seem to think, well, people are intimidated by these devices, so we need to make them sound like humans. But there are a bunch of people that are arguing that that's a form of skeuomorphism. And what we should really be designing is like something closer... They were suggesting to R2D2, which I found really interesting and hilarious, mm. which is like the audio interface could probably just communicate with blips and beeps, like shorthand, like two beeps for like, OK, I got what you said <laughs> and one beep, Like, you don't need to listen to a whole sentence. Well, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. it needs to thank abstract. Thank you, Jeremy. Itself. I will look that up for you. Yeah, like you don't need it. I don't I don't need that pleasantry. It's the same way, like I don't talk to myself that way. And really, yeah, if these you, are gonna you don't want to
0: use words like please and thank you and. Yeah, like yeah. imagine you send an email and you hit the send button and they said, please send this. And you have to do
2: like three clicks instead. <laughs> of or imagine like thinking to yourself and, and then you're like, oh, yeah, thank you, Jeremy, for thinking that. Or, you know, like well. if it's really going to be a, <laughs> an extension of your own brain. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're kind of digressing a little bit, but I think it's interesting just to consider in terms of the history of audio. We started out with audio being about listening to a concert, you know, in your home. And then we've ended up in a place where it's about being outside of your home and having potentially contextual awareness of the world around you. Well, um, it, and-
0: it's 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 maybe also I'm biased because I'm a visual artist, so probably my va- my brain is geared towards visual mm-hmm. thinking, and it really helps me. For example, if I look up music and I want to think of a certain album of a certain artist, it helps me to see all the album covers or a list of the albums. And just to do it off the top of your head is like, oh, what's the name of that album? Right. of that artist it, it's much easier for me to browse on a screen well, on this but new
2: phone they're doing like shazam in real time so like google's new pixel phones are always listening and they'll tell you what song is going on is it, no no
0: I, i'm it. talking about like what song do i want to listen to
2: ah, so great.
0: what i mean what i mean is i'm at home and i'm like okay i want to listen to and i forgot which album it is of uh, mm. and then you go through it and you browse a bit i just the idea of browsing uh visually to me is much more efficient than I, yeah. I think pause and play, that's about the extent that I would want. Like volume down, volume up, and pause and play or skip. But okay. if I really want to find what I'm... I'm I am yeah. you saying. Well, I, I I'm, not, throw- I'm not a person who is just like, play some smooth jazz and that's it.
2: <laughs> yeah, so let me just throw it to one more place, which is, you know, I was trying to get to this point where, you know, starting with the music recording from the world in your home and then you out in the world um, being you know, having the world augmented through your listening device... One artist that I think would be interesting for us to talk about uh, in relationship to this is John Cage. Uh, And I think we couldn't do an episode about audio without referring to him and his attempt to do the exact same thing. And one of the reasons we have field recordings at the end of every episode was in his piece, Four Minutes and 33 Seconds, to create an orchestra from the world around you by simply changing or shifting Um, your relationship with the world and and, and transforming you from a passive listener into an active listener. And so the way he did that in these performances was, as you know, he sat down at a piano, raised his hands for four minutes and 33 seconds, and then there was no sound except for the sound around you. Now, and it might sound very pretentious, but I as we've challenged our listeners to do in the past, like when you sit down and do a field recording, if you sit there for four minutes and 33 seconds, you begin to hear things that you never heard before.
0: Right? I, yeah, I, I found that all the things that uh, they're preaching with meditation and to be aware without judgment and all these things, that, that kind of happens when you're doing a field recording. So when you go around New York, you're like, man, there's a lot of noise. This is annoying. But mm-hmm. then I was making a piece and I wanted the sound of a noisy city. So then you actually run around trying to find the noisiest corner in the city and it's really (laughs) intriguing all of a sudden. So that's maybe the whole thing of just being uh, open and uh, amazed.
2: And this is the thing, I do think it comes back to um, city spaces. And when I studied urban, I studied urban sociology in school as part of my sociology education. They always talked about headphones as this Technology that was associate it was sociological technology because it, 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 the cities, as the sensory overload increased, like you were talking about Tokyo, um, people found ways to turn off the parts of their senses, and so headphones were the first kind of attempt outside of earplugs to like to make it manageable to live in a city, right? <laughs> And, and yeah. John Cage flips that around and says, like, well, you know, like let's listen to the city. We're so used to shutting things down. Let's try and let's yeah, actually yeah. listen I to it. I mean her.
0: it's it's that whole thing of like when you're in the forest you, you it's really enjoyable to listen to the sound of the birds or if you're mm-hmm. at the beach it's really enjoyable to hear the waves crashing. And for some reason cars honking and loud trucks. It's very unpleasant, and we try to shut it out.
2: I don't know, but I've been in situations in my life where, talking, like saying at an Airbnb in the country, where the people I'm staying with are like, those goddamn birds, they just won't shut <laughs> up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, the rooster in the morning. And the, yeah. And so I but, do uh, think this all comes down to control. I, that's, that's all I wanted to say. It was like at okay. a certain point, it's like releasing control versus seizing control. And audio and the history of audio technologies really kind of represent, it's like, this like, I don't know, kind of form of human uh, control and like search. I don't know. It is too, I've been trying not to
0: interrupt too much. So I'm, I'm, no, 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 you're doing great In my job. mind, I'm, I made some notes. One note I wanted to say, there's some cases where I do think uh, speaking to your computer makes sense. And the, the best use case for it, I think, is on a bicycle and in a car. Hmm. Um, so on a bicycle, you could have your AirPods or your Google Pods and not play music, but you could get turn-by-turn turn directions. Because I've been on bicycles many times, you get lost, and you have to find a quiet corner to look at your phone. Because right. if you're biking with your phone in your hand, you'll probably die. And I don't want to die, so and <laughs> don't do that. And, so, and I think I also, the movie Her came from Los Angeles, and I was speaking to people, and they were big fans of Siri, in the car and it's such a car city. So I don't think you understand unless you Mm. really live in your car. And then all of a sudden it makes a lot of sense to ask for directions and be like, Oh, wait a minute. Could you find me a gas station? And so, in the car, the audio interface makes a lot of sense.
2: And in a, in an urban environment like LA, which is like a, in a for, a, a firm complex city of, environment, yeah, yeah, very yeah. Because like sprawling... I think if you live
0: in a small town and you always drive the same way, it's you don't really need you know. That.
2: And also, you know where everything is. I mean, but LA, yeah. anyone that's driven around LA knows that you never kind of know where you are at any one time. You you know generally where you are, but you don't know. What's around the corner?
0: But I've I still see most. Uh, the only way I experience a car is in an Uber. But mm-hmm. most of the time, they they use a visual interface for directions. They don't use a voice that says turn left, turn right.
2: I mean, when I travel, because um, I want to fit in like a local, I always put a headphone in one ear, and then like I have Google Maps running in the background. It's like, and it's telling me to turn right or left. And when I you're guess driving the,
0: or when you're walking?
2: Uh, when I'm walking. Yeah. Like just so I walk around with confidence. <laughs> I don't like <laughs> to be like seen looking down at my phone. That's a good idea. I always That's forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I used it in Berlin when I first moved to Berlin on my bike to get around. Like people would be like, you got this gallery appointment. In like, so
0: this uh, was a while uh, ago, you were already, you were ahead of the of the game. Well,
2: I think a lot of people do that. And then I think one of the things um, that you went, yeah, you just end up kind of relying on 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 that, on that ability to have this have you ever performed and had a, a like a producer in your ear? No. Okay, so I've done a few MC kind of jobs before and you'll usually have like a you have your like lavalier mic and then you'll have a little bug in your ear. They call it or whatever. And it's a really kind of cool experience because it's and it's kind of why I think this is going to be a powerful technology at some point for some people when it gets good enough. But when you have that producer in your ear and the producer is saying, "Okay, you got to hit your mark, you got to do this, you got to do that," you feel like you have twice as much brain power. And then they'll be like, after you do something, like, "Great job!" and you're like, "Yes, I nailed it." And you have this like little relationship with another human being. This kind of but like it
0: could be overwhelming. Like if you need some time to think before you form a sentence and someone is already saying something?
2: Well, you're absolutely right. Like in a, when you're in performance mode, though, you're kind of like no longer you anymore. Anyway, you're, you're like... You know, you're like a, an object or, a, you know, like a, a, a shopping character. bag that's being used used to get people, you know, so an object from point A to point B. Yeah, you're a character. You're just like your utilitarian device you have. And usually they're like, you need to get these public service announcements out or you need to make sure you mention this person and thank that person. And so having that little producer in your ear is a great comfort because you know that if you miss something, which is very stressful on stage, um, that... That person will be like, oh don't don't forget to do but this or whatever. What
0: kind of performance was it that you had an earpiece and a,
2: a? I mean, the last time that I did it, I was like MC for a big event with a few hundred people at it, and I was like, was, was that the Canadian
0: uh, yeah arts budget yeah, event? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I've
2: also done it. At, I did it at the Biennial for the Americas as well. Like you, you, it's it's just a very useful thing to have this and, producer relationship.
0: And with your performances, do you think about the audio? Direction, how it's how the audio is projected to the audience.
2: Um, in those, well, usually no. The audio is taken care of by a sound engineer. So uh, because a lot of bands
0: travel with a with a sound expert, and the yeah. sound expert will be in the back of the room and will make sure everything sounds amazing. And I don't know if that's important for your performances. Usually, it's-
2: just as long as my voice. So I make sure that I always do a sound check with my voice. But yeah. Um, if it's a really advanced setup and there are other speakers, then I, I don't really usually have to worry. But if it's just like a little kind of a little it, sh- show, then I do. It's
0: it's one of those things where uh, what's really enjoyable when you are, I hate saying like oh we're successful or whatever, but when you're growing and the production gets better and people take better care of things for you, mm-hmm. it really opens up thinking time for yourself
2: that's true yeah you you focus on the performance instead of on the technology yeah um which maybe is like the best point we could make <laughs> this little episode which is at the end of the day that's why all audio technology exists is for the you know to, to kind of for the content that it produces and or reproduces in this case we've been talking a lot about music i'm just saying i think there's also this augmented reality audio that's the, that's what everyone's pushing for now and everyone's getting caught yeah. up in like it's a better and so you were
0: already I, it, using this five years ago
2: yeah like i'm just i've been thinking about it for a long time but you, it's in, you, you it,
0: were acting like a local
2: <laughs> but it's interesting even to see apple come out with their home pod uh which is like their version of amazon's alexa or uh, google home which is and they're going after audio quality and it, it kind of makes me laugh because of course we all know that the future is not about audio quality and it's almost like they're it's almost very cheeky of them because their yeah. their play is in, in airpods that's and, and also the no things are
0: too them. small to actually be good audio quality uh, yeah it's like the size of a phone
2: yeah yeah so I, I'm, okay. I'm very
0: curious because the, the whole premise there's a bunch of 360 speakers and so A traditional speaker has a a, a few horns, kind of, Mm -hmm. like one for lower frequencies, one for higher frequencies, tweeters and woofers, and... And they have one woofer that's horizontal and the tweeters are (laughs) pointed around. And so it's kind of not stereo. Or You can have two of them, but it's a different idea. So the whole problem with stereo is that there's a sweet spot. So you're supposed to put the two uh, speakers somewhere in one chair and you have to sit in that listening chair to listen to music. And the idea with 360 speakers, which Bang & Olufsen makes 360 speakers and Sonos, and they will... Send little sounds into the room, and mics will pick them back up, and they say okay, let 's put a little bit more sound at twenty degree angle and yeah. way more sound at thirty degree angle, and that way it'll sound good all over the room so yeah th- so it, 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 it like it's the senses- same promise as as the as the the camera and the iPhone. we right. know that it's a tiny lens, we know that it's a tiny sensor, but with software tricks, we can still make really good photos, and this is the equivalent where they say it's going to be good audio quality because we're doing all these things that traditional speakers can't do.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so that's actually a really, really good point because, again, it points to what I'm talking about, which is that they're not selling audio quality, they're selling software. And they're selling yeah. augmented, augmentation through of the, of the device with software. Yeah. And in that but case... It, it, like,
0: what, what you say that audio quality is not a selling point, but for retina screens, uh, especially on a mobile device... It was a really quick sell. It, usually mm-hmm. quality isn't a good selling point, but it, I, th- I still think like a desktop computer and iMac, whether it's retina or not, is not as crucial as a mobile mm. device. And I think now going to a non-retina phone feels really strange. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe they're I trying to, to do both. don't want to sound to, too first world, but <clears> I, I'm, I'm saying that sometimes the improvement of quality... Uh, I think you're right. I think for them you know, to be the successful, iPad went they have to, to do the, the, the iPad went, iPad Pro went to 120 hertz, mm-hmm. so it, it's it's more frames per second, and I don't see the difference that much. I don't think it's that much of a selling point. To do. So sometimes the, not, the jumping, yeah. sometimes the jumping, sometimes the jump quality is amazing. So we'll see. We'll, we'll have to see when it comes out.
2: Yeah, I mean for audio, we're you know we're we're nearing the end of the show here, but in audio land. There are people like you who is going stereo shopping that care a lot about audio. And I think that these companies just all acknowledge that we can't ignore audio quality, even if we want to do all this other stuff that people don't know about yet. Um, and so, well, we they, to, for example, if, to if you get into the, the living room, we're going to need to do the, this.
1: The
0: Beats, the, the headphone company, mm-hmm. they came up because... Um, there's a lot of headphone enthusiasts that will buy fifty, hundred dollars $100,000 headphones. So they, of course, for them, Beats is not interesting. But if you look at what most people are listening to, it's the earbuds that came with the phone. So they've yeah. been listening to this whole catalog of, of Spotify on really tiny earbuds. And then someone for Christmas gives them these Beats phones that are a bit too bass heavy, but they just sound so much better than the $29 earbuds yeah. that... In in that case, the audio quality was a selling point. So I I don't think audio, you should underestimate how much people enjoy music.
2: Uh yeah, I don't underestimate. I just think that there's like like you said with the 120 hertz, there's a limit at which people I think are kind of. I know, but I BS-ing. I think
0: I think I think if you li- have you listened to music on an Alexa?
2: No, have you?
0: It's it's almost like playing music from your phone. It's it's. I that didn't thin. even.
2: I didn't even say yet that they don't sell it in Canada. Like they, it's almost like a rude middle <laughs> finger gesture because the like they develop a bunch of the software here in Toronto. A bunch of people I know work on the Alexa product, <laughs> and they you can't even buy it here. Um, yeah, it's very weird. I don't know why. No, but, I, I,
0: uh, all I'm saying is they don't underestimate the market for enjoying good quality.
2: And all I'm saying is good quality sells. Amazon it allows Amazon to sell more diapers. That, like, at the end of the day, they want a personal assistant to sell you diapers, and they're gonna they're gonna sneak in through. Yeah, I, uh, I like that image of Jeff phone.
0: Bezos of him in the '90s, and it's like, I sell books, and and <laughs> now he's all. Jacked up on fitness, and he's like, "I sell whatever the fuck I want." <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, um, we're probably out of time. There's more to talk about, including the headphones I'm wearing being totally crappy, even though they're super expensive. Yeah, I,
0: I do want to talk a little bit about our decisions on the audio quality of this podcast.
2: So, well, I know I want to up, I want to up our game. I'm always, I always feel well, guilty. It, it's not high quality enough.
0: I know it's it's funny because uh, you fantasize about like having an old. A, a beautiful uh sort of like a the 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 my uh, my dreamy audio studio would look like the the black lodge or white lodge from twin peaks with red velvet curtains that muffle the sound <laughs> and huge microphones and everything the best of the best but then i think i don't know it uh, do you ever listen to any podcast where you're like wow this one sounds amazing and it makes it so much better
2: oh yeah like there there are ones where uh well, I notice when it gets worse, for sure, when it's a Skype recording or something like that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's not what I'm talking... I mean, just so our listeners know, we both record the audio locally, so that's already
2: a huge... That's standard, though. A lot of people do that.
0: Yeah, but there's a lot of podcasts, especially art podcasts, where people would just phone in and it just sounds... But what I'm saying so I, is... I, yeah, I recorded could, a podcast could...
2: earlier this week, and we did, they did it the exact same way we're doing it. And they did a three-way okay. version. I, I okay. mean, recording locally... I don't well, know that's, why... That's it, the
0: very basic, I guess. Yeah. But I'm saying you can have a $100 mic, you can have a $1,000 mic, and you can have mm-hmm. a $10,000 mic, you can have a padded room, uh, you can record... Uh, I don't know what you can do, but I don't I know. Bineural audio. Yeah, I, I've <laughs> noticed that a lot of podcasts that are too produced, I, I kind of veer off, I, I get bored.
2: Hmm. Like you're listening to... The quality yeah, so you... high. It's like punk music versus... Well,
0: there's... No, but I, I music. mean... Power maybe produced. what I mean more is that some podcasts they will take out any doubt and uh, moment of silence in a person's voice mm-hmm. they cut it up and then make it super oh, fast yeah. and efficient and uh, you lose the spontaneity no, and I agree maybe they they have recorded segments and
1: um, yeah so that, maybe mean, that, that's that, my it, point
0: it, that it, 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 it it, Kirby Enthusiasm the new season came out and I was talking to a friend that the the production quality kept getting better but the the spontaneity is kind of lost there the the, oh, the yeah. first season was recorded it almost felt like home video and that made it very it, that made the the acting feel very improvised and and real yeah yeah
2: no I agree with that I mean John Cage would probably agree with that as well that like um, I, I have a policy of not rehearsing my performances because most of the fun and excitement comes from the accidents that happen on stage. So, um, you know, yeah, sa- like we're, same with yeah. with
0: photography. Now, I think it's mm-hmm. it's really weird to look at SLR pictures, and it's nice when mm-hmm. pictures you feel like they were taken in the moment, uh, just because someone was there. Well,
2: so so we can close on this podcast though. That in music, that would be the equivalent of like punk music when they like decided that feedback yeah, but from the guitar.
0: Yeah, but don't okay. underestimate the 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 quality of the recording equipment at the time because the standards Literally, were so much higher than now. So
2: the punk work during the during like the night well, everything was
0: recorded on tape already, and so that has a certain warmth and mm-hmm. yeah. But it uh, should we just for the sake of enriching the episode, should I put one of us in the left channel and one of us in the right <laughs> channel? Sure, episode? that'd be that be I interesting. think that's gonna. Kind of, it's really. It, it, if you're listening from your laptop it probably sounds fine but on headphones it's probably kind of nauseating but let's just try it huh?
2: yeah yeah let's see if we you know create a stroboscopic kind of effect. Yeah,
0: yeah yeah do you want to be a, wait wait you, sh- should you, you, like, you should be you should be on the left ear because if you're political uh yeah but,
2: but we should do like one and then you should go two and three four we should just do that what do, <laughs> what do you mean like so back that people and forth? can hear it yeah like i'll go one two three Four. No, but Five. I'll do the whole episode. I'm uh, saying okay, I'm, yeah, I'm right. putting you on one track and me on the other. <laughs> oh, not just this part. Okay. No,
0: no, 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 no. The whole right. thing. Just the uh, uh, so, and then it, it,
2: it's it's like an angel the, on one shoulder yeah, and a devil yeah, yeah, yeah. on the other shoulder. <laughs> I, I
0: will say this about recording quality: there was that one field recording that was the sound of claps inside of a Richard Serra sculpture, oh, yes, and it was great. recorded beautifully. It, it it is worth it sometimes.
2: Okay, well, that's a good uh, lead into our field recording this week, which again yeah. is from Mark Price. Um, Thank you, doing Mark. A, it's a double hitter from Mark here. He sent in a field recording and an advertisement. Boom! Um, and it's of a, it's a it's four minutes and thirty seconds. He's so close to four minutes and thirty three seconds <laughs> of a neighbor practicing, which is the John Cage reference of a neighbor practicing opera with additional birds singing in the background. Ah, goddamn birds! Uh, this was recorded <laughs> in Munjoy Hill, a neighborhood of Portland, Maine, just a block from the scenic Eastern Promenade at Casco Bay, um, which actually is really beautiful if you've never been there. I once uh, found a Timex watch encrusted in seaweed on that, at that park, and um, it, it was still ticking. Anyway, that's a we're, <laughs> we're gonna have to do side story.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to do another audio episode because I just all these things come up that i want to say it's like oh oh, what did you
2: want to say though quickly
0: well that i'm always referencing the golden age of hi-fi and that's mostly for the the music players but i have to say there's been a lot of interesting music that did a lot of interesting things with with audio in the last 20 years so i'm I'm not trying to diss i'm just saying that desktop
2: speakers just shrunk and shrunk yeah so the speakers got worse and the music got better is that what you're saying (laughs)
0: Mm, It got different, but there's definitely a lot of interesting things happening. I mean,
2: yeah, we could do a whole episode just on speakers, I will say, because I have friends who like perform and they have to have, and i don't know if you ever there was this band lightning bolt i mean there's, yeah, yeah, there's I just that. so many there's so many well, it's, it's bands that have explored yeah yeah they've played around with the speaker as an instrument you're right and as an artwork in and of itself and there's a lot of artists that we didn't talk about that do that ah you're right we had to do another episode okay okay well, well, we'll let's back. enjoy uh,
0: <laughs> mark price's field recording and uh, see you all next week
2: thanks everyone all right send in send in more field recordings that's right